episode of Defenders of the Bank, ladies and gentlemen, episode 69. Giggity. Is coming to you from beautiful Philomonster Studios in Burbank, California. I am your host, the Sultan of the Shoey, Christian Philly Philemon. And with me, as always, the Tyrant of Threads, J.R. Lieber. The Scarf 69, dudes. Love Bill and Ted's. Unbelievable that we are at the number 69. Giggity. Giggity. Scarf and I are pumped today because joining us in Philomonster Studios is the Topo Chico guzzling, Capo Stan conquering, driver cap donning, sensei of supporting, the president of the greatest supporters group in MLS and North America, and in case you don't know what I'm talking about, the 3252, the man, the myth, the newly married, Jimmy Lopez, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, Los Angeles. (laughs) Jimmy, welcome to Defenders of the Bank, my man. Glad to be here. Dude, we are happy to have you on today's show. We know you're a busy guy. Thank you for stopping at Phil Monster Studios and hanging out with the Scarf and I. It's a blessing, my man. No, no problem. Timing is everything. Thanks for having me. It's a good time. I was on a bunch at the beginning of the season. Now that it's over, it's good to sit back, relax, and reminisce. And that's exactly what we're going to do. On today's show... We aren't going to be as scripted as usual. Of course, we're going to give you this day in LAFC history. We're going to give you our wait what what moments, but quite honestly, this entire pod is going to be a series of wait what moments. From then on out, we're going to have a conversation with Jimmy about all things 3252, about all things LAFC. We're going to cover some info in regards to the upcoming expansion draft that will be taking place on Tuesday, November 19th at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Boo. Yeah. And we're going to be talking about the players that are protected, the players that are not protected, the rules, so on and so forth. And, of course, we're going to end it off with some dates that you all need to put on your calendar. (coughs) All this and possibly more from Defenders of the Bank and Jimmy Lopez. Let's get crack-a-lackin', Scarfy. Yeah, so last time I believe we recorded, I was still getting over whatever it is that I was getting over. Not Influenza. Feeling great. No, it was not the flu, but a still. A hangover. Uh, no, well, okay, that might have been <laughs> separate, Polio. Separate, no, no, actually, want to know a quick funny story? Tuberculosis? The school that I work at, for the first couple years that I was there, there was somebody else that was working on the yard. What tuberculosis? And, no, no, no. His name was uh, Ben Salk, <laughs> and his grandfather was Dr. Jonas Salk, the guy that cured polio. So you brought up polio. That was kind of cool. That was rather ironic. Right? I only meant it to be a jerk. I didn't think you would actually tie it into something legitimate. Quite all right. Don't worry. But this episode is sponsored by Melon Powerade, which apparently you can only find at gas stations. Just like, by the way, the guava-flavored beer from Golden Road. You can only buy that at Arco. Anyways, that was a moment with alcoholism. Um, Good Lord. Really? That's what you find at Arco? Uh, Guava. I brought it here. You liked it. The guava-flavored Golden Road. That's a lie. I don't remember any of that. Well, that Hold on. You not remembering it doesn't mean... Because my podcast is sponsored by McAllen's Yes, but you not remembering it doesn't mean that you didn't have several of them anyway. Fair enough, fair enough. Scarf, as our resident LAFC historian, why didn't you bless the millions and and millions millions of listeners of Defenders of the Bank with this day in LAFC history? Look, it was a beautiful, nice, kind of wintry 93 degrees here on November the 17th. November the 17th. 93 degrees. Yeah, global warming is not a thing. Don't worry. So this day in LAFC history, not a lot happens mid-November. So I just want to give everybody a quick heads up. If you're waiting for the this day in LAFC history about last year, or excuse me, two years ago, and our expansion draft in which we selected Tyler Latif, Marco Arrhenia, and then eventually got Laurent Simon, that's December 12th. That was two years ago, December 12th. But we are... November 17th, 2019, again, a beautiful day 
here in Burbank, California. On the 21st of 2017, LAFC officially acquired Omar Gaber from FC Basel in the Swiss Super League. Who are you? He lasted a most of a full season a with us. A cup of coffee. He obviously came over because of Bob Bradley's relationship with the Egyptian national team. Should have brought over Mohamed Salah. That would have been awesome. He's currently playing, I believe, for Pharaohs in the Egyptian first division. It's a very well-capitalized team, by the way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They are the, the new super team coming out of the Egyptian Super League there. Also on the 21st, but in 2018, this one's a big one. We acquired Eddie Segura on loan from Atletico Huila in the uh, Colombian first division and Eddie Segura look you can say what you want about our back line there is no bigger reason and no better player that we've had back there in this last year I know angels on parade if you guys by the way if you're listening to our podcast and you're not regularly checking out all the news and cool things they've got going on over at angels on parade Alicia and her crew over there do a fantastic job they are currently voting on the defender of the year for the year-end awards for LAFC and look not that anyone cares how we are voting on any of this stuff because our vote is just like your vote counts for one and that's all that matters political efficacy scarf that's right eddie segura hands down with all due respect to walker and jordan and steven and tristan and everybody who played back there for us eddie segura gets my vote for defender of the year so again that's on the 21st and and real quick just because he's a name that's going to come up a little bit later in our podcast on the 24th Born in 1986, Danilo Silva, happy birthday. It's in about a week, one week from today. We may not have a podcast on before that week is up, so we just want to wish Danilo Silva a very happy birthday, and that has been this day in LAFC history. Thank you, Scarf. Dudes, I can't believe it's been this long since we've all met at the bank. But the cool thing is, our club didn't forget about us. And what I mean by that... (laughs) is that they were worried about us going to old Robinson Crusoe or, or Tom Hanks in the movie Castaway or something to the equivalent of. But we were blessed with a gift box from the club and Dollar Shave Club. And I have to say, it was a wonderful surprise because it saved me at the very least $40 this month. I didn't have to buy deodorant. I didn't have to buy more blades. I didn't have to buy more shaving cream. What a bonus, wouldn't you say? Yeah, Jimmy, did you get one of these razors in the mail by chance? Yes and no. Okay. Ooh. So I do know, because I was getting a lot of questions. They're like, hey, where's mine? I was like, I don't have one. So I reached out to the FO, and if you're a seasoned seat holder, yes. um, it's whoever, whoever's name it's linked to, it's going to get shipped to the house. Got, it. Got um, it. If you moved, like I did, and you haven't received it, they're... Hopefully it gets sent back. So it's in the works. So Things whoever lives out. at your old address has a pretty sweet LAFC razor. Person, right? A lot of deodorant. <laughs> the person who lives where I used to live now yeah. was nice enough to know where I where I work and delivered it. Oh, that's awesome. So on the way here, my manager called me. He was like, hey, uh, you got a package here. Sent me a picture. I was like, all right, I'm getting <laughs> it. I, I'm excited for it because I'm only going to use it for away days. It's going to be my away day. Perfect. Uh, like Larry, no, Larry. What's up, Larry? Shout out, Larry. <laughs> he knows Larry. my routine for games. So okay. that razor is coming in clutch. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, really cool thing that Dollar Shave Club did there. By the way, for those of you selling like two or three or four on eBay, you kind of suck, but whatever. Um, kind of. I, I, I get that your tickets are it's free. Dollar I, Shave Club. But that Dollar was, that was pretty Club. cool that, uh, that LAFC and Dollar Shave Club teamed up for that. Uh, really cool looking handle with the wing oh, on it. Doubt. LAFC on top. What a great job. That was the that packaging is awesome too. Yeah, it's 100%. super neat. I, I was very jealous watching everybody unwrap those. <laughs> yeah, Philly, like, you did yours on our, our Instagram story, right? I did a video. Like, I know for a fact that there's some like 
10-year-old kid who gets paid millions of dollars. And I'm not trying to get paid millions of dollars, but I'm like, let me take my hand at seeing what life is like opening a box in front of the millions and millions of listeners and viewers of Defenders By of the, the Bank. By the way, what? can that? I just say, next time you get your Away Days package, you got to do an unboxing live like you did for the LA Let me Let me tell you, my Scunthorpe 4th Division English jersey, which is a long sleeve, by the way. I liked it. Unbelievable. Look, they don't pay us. They don't sponsor us. I learned about them through Heart of LAFC. I do the three-month subscription package. It's 25 bucks for three months. 25 bucks gets you an unbelievably authentic jersey. <coughs> Adidas, Kappa, whatever. It's really worth it if you're a jersey collector. It saves you so much more money. And I'm not trying to get a sponsorship deal. I love collecting jerseys. You keep I, saying that. I, <laughs> nah. I mean, it'd be cool to do it, but at the end of the day, Heart of LAFC already broke the ground on that. I'm trying to break hearts and set trends with you, Scarf. I'm not trying to, like, follow the mold. But regardless, the Scunthorpe was a good thing. I digress. <laughs> Whatever. Let's get into this. Real Jimmy. quick, my oh, favorite thing on. about Dollar Shave Club, by the way, they sent it in No Shave November. So that I know Where's a lot of— Where's your mustache, of, by the way? Oh, I, I hate growing mustache. I can't do it. Mustaches— so, okay, uh, don't worry. <laughs> I'm going to give you guys plenty of reasons to hate me because, yes, we Scarf will talk. Scarf puberty 20 years ago. We will talk about my New England Patriots going 9-1 and one today. No, You're... nobody wants to hear about this. Why do you keep doing this to us? Wait. The millions and millions do not want to I, hear I am about going to appease. Patriots. I, I am... second that. I am... Thank you. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to appease Philly real quick. Philly, how'd your Jets do today? They won. There you go. All right. But I'm a so, Jets fan. You are. I know. The Jets you're a Patriots won. fan, and Sam I Donald, hate you. Sam Wait, I, 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 you're yes. a Patriots fan or a Tom Brady fan? So uh, No, that's just oh. it. I am a Tom Brady on the Patriots fan. I firmly jumped on that bandwagon in 2001. And as I have said on this podcast Disgusting. several times, Disgusting. as soon as Tom Brady Disgusting. retires, I will be jumping off of that bandwagon to and hopefully Jets? full, no, God, no, full on to the Los Angeles Rams. And I hope the Rams say player, no. Johnny Hecker. They're, yeah, I hope they say no too. Oh, I really hope they don't say no, but I, I, I would <laughs> I would really like to jump onto that bandwagon after Tom Brady, the goat himself, retires. If you want to pay for my uh, seat license, you're more than welcome to jump onto the Rams bandwagon. So the reason why I brought all this up, though, is a lot of great charitable organizations do like a no-shave November kind of a thing. So I don't like mustaches. I can't grow one. It looks terrible. It looks inappropriate. I teach children for a living. If I walked in no, with a mustache, they would escort me off of campus. I look like that guy in a trench coat. So it's just and one of those van. things. Uh, and a white fan, yeah. So, no, I just, I don't grow mustaches. But I, I haven't shaved in November around my beard area. There's that. I've been trimming it. There's I'm going to jump in and defend mustaches. Yes. I don't have one. Yeah. I agree. They're itchy. Like, for me personally, I'm not a fan. But sure. Dweez probably has one of the best oh, mustaches out it, there. It is pretty gangster. Alex no Dwyer's mustache is the stuff of legend. Absolutely. So, just throw it out there. Dweez. It's not against you. No, we love you, buddy. <laughs> I will say the one individual out there who looks like the biggest gangster in the world with a mustache. Yes. Hashtag Tom Selleck. That man makes a mustache oh, look yeah. good. Mr. Baseball with you know, Frank Thomas. Did you know he one played basketball at USC? I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, Tom Selleck was on a scholarship ride at USC. He was a Trojan playing basketball. And then he became Magnum P.I. And he dated Monica. And he dated Monica, which <laughs> Hannah definitely knows about because we watch Friends all the damn time. But clear, we're having a good he, time. He clearly. did not have a mustache on most of the episodes in Friends, though, when he that was dating incorrect. Monica. That is incorrect. Panda will tell you he definitely had not a the, mustache. When he came back after they hadn't seen oh, each no, other. Oh, no. Tom Selleck without a mustache is like me and you without pants. Hold it just on. doesn't work, Google, dude. Whoa, hold on. What, Go, what's going on right now, then? Google. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like like we said, Jimmy, 93 degrees here in Burbank today. Um, I, uh, no, but someone please Google Tom Selleck in Friends towards the end. He when had they a mustache. I, listen, I would love all of our listeners. I know, by the way, that you are right. In a lot of the episodes, he had a mustache. We have gone completely off the rails. But in yeah, several I'm gonna, episodes, I'm on the rails, he finish. had a mustache. Yeah, for, okay, hold on. Let's make a bet. This moment. Who's right, who's wrong, and where does this go? I think oh. we're both. I think we're both right. To personally, but if I like am wrong, if you can't find it, I will personally buy out. you, Philly, and you, Jimmy, a case of Topo Chico. Sold. There you Sold. go. How about we go back to that restaurant and he buys those drinks? I kind of like that. I idea. will do that too. Does that, do does that a lot, too. Whenever you see Philly, ask, actually, go to Panda. Ask about the story of the green room. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh, God. The story, that story over at Castaways. Um, yeah, well, we'll talk about that. And, on and by the way, this day in LAFC history, Philly is about to be the one that gets us back on track on the episode. Yeah. Who would have thunk that? Let's get into it. Jimmy, in honor of you, my friend, we know you don't drink, but we are all together about to get sauced on the liquid joy that is Topo Chico. For those of you that don't know what Topo Chico is, it's only the greatest sparkling water in the world from Monterey, Mexico. And you know what makes it so beautiful? What's and that? I'm sure, Jimmy, you know what I'm about to say. I don't. That little hint of sodium that they add into the Topo Chico and the fact that it adds enough fizz that makes you want to belch harder than Homer Simpson and Peter Griffin combined. I love Topo Chico. Jimmy, why do you love Topo Chico? I discovered it in Dallas. I was at uh, the ISC, and it was there. It was everywhere. And I was like, I was like, okay, I, I drink Perrier all the time, so... Tried it and I was like, "Oh my goodness, this is amazing!" <laughs> Fell in love with it. it was uh, Julio and I from D Nine. Oh, nice! Yeah, we were, yeah. we were and Rafa was there, but him and I, we were just like, "This is like the best drink ever!" And um, I just fell in love with it. It was it's definitely a, a Texas thing. Well, since you introduced Philly to Topo Chico, it is literally all that the man drinks in a non-alcoholic. A lot of people, uh, yeah. even like we had a, at our wedding, it was a. Uh, his and hers drink, Cassie had Old Fashioned. I had Topo Chico. Oh, that's awesome. Um, we went to a wholesaler. We bought cases of them. And my favorite now is the grapefruit. Oh, there's flavored Topo Chico? Flavor. I didn't even realize that. Oh there's goodness. even a, a music video out there for Topo Chico Lime. Oh, I'm, okay. We'll have to... Everybody and out there, Google Topo Chico I just Lime. generally like it because I don't drink alcohol. I don't drink soda. And then I just really enjoy it. And I started adding it to my coffee. It's it's good. It's different. Oh, that's awesome. And then the field has it. That's when, that's when I was like, okay. So it's out here also. Yep. It's overpriced at the fields, whatever. And right. then um, started going to Mexican markets out here who carry it in bulk and cheap. So that's my fridge is always stocked. Yeah, yeah. I was at uh, I was in Silver Lake the other day. One of these like uh, the whole three sixty five, <laughs> and they had like a case of twelve for eight bucks. It was a no brainer. I bought a couple. But this episode isn't about Topo Chico. No, it is not. Gentlemen. As much as we want to make it about Topo Chico, let's actually get into the crux of it. We're gonna start having our fireside conversation with Jimmy Lopez, the president, the head honcho, the big cheese of the greatest supporters group in North America and Major League Soccer. Let's get into it. Jimmy, how the heck have you been, dude, since that unfortunate loss against the Sounders? I've been good. Just trying to regroup. We, we weep, we move on. Simple as that. Yeah. It happens. We, we can't control goods on the field, but we can help our community and our culture, so... Within the 3052, I was just telling everybody, hey, heads up. We lost. We did better than last season. We mourn today. Tomorrow we celebrate. And we live, learn, and get bigger, better, and stronger. That's all we really can do. Let me ask you as not just, obviously, the president of 3052, but as a member of the 3252 and someone who has been so vital in shaping the fabric of the culture that we have here at LAFC, what is it like when you're watching on the other side of the stadium there when they're throwing 
the beer cans out onto the field and, and everything there. And, and that kind of becomes, unfortunately, what represents our supporters' culture for that, you know, those five minutes of that game. What is that like for you when you see something like that? It's unfortunate, but it happens everywhere to where the loudest guy in the room is going to get singled out. It wasn't going on in the North End. Absolutely. It was, it was in the in the nosebleed section. Yep. And it, it's, it's against our culture, obviously, because we push so far from that. And... I'm not going to curse, but right. there's a lot of words that I can throw out there that right. uh, I can speak on behalf of all the directors. Actually, I'll speak on behalf of the 3052. We don't stand for it. It really upsets us because it, it takes away from the fun of the game, from the beauty of what we, we've all created throughout the stadium. It's a lot of casuals or it's, it's I would say people because I don't know what gender did it, but sure. it was a lot of them would be thrown on the field. and it, It's ridiculous. It, it should come with severe consequences. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I know there are some. I don't know what they are, but clearly it has to be stepped up and more has to be done about it because it, it, it's ridiculous. It's it, it's just stupid, yeah. bottom line. And and we talked about it on our podcast when it happened too. It's so frustrating to us. Unbelievable. Because we know how hard you and the council and everybody in 3252 work so that what represents LAFC 99.9% of the time shines through as the best and the brightest and the most accurate and most passionate form of fandom in major league soccer. So yeah, it's frustrating, but I just want to get your take on that. That was, that was, a, those are isolated incidences. And obviously we faced them last season at the end with the Real Salt Lake game. We know that it wasn't part of the 32, but I don't even want to talk about any of that stuff. You, my friend have had a hell of a year, even before the clock struck 2019, you were elected president of the 3252. We had, the season of a lifetime. You married the bringer of the thunder, your <laughs> beautiful right. bride, Cassie. And she's in the other room hanging out with Panda and Scarfette and Casey and Albert, drinking and hanging out and having a good time with Schmitty McMittens. We can hear them. Talk to us about <laughs> the year that you have had since becoming president of the 3252. The year for my just me personally? It's you been personally. Am- it's been amazing. It's been a lot of work. And if it wasn't without Cassie pushing me to even consider taking the presidency, I wouldn't have done it. Wow. Because I know what it takes just being the president of the Black Army. And then you're talking about a whole nonprofit now with a lot of different cultures mixed in. Um, uh, A lot of the different SGs came to me. Actually, a rep from almost every SG came and said, hey, we think you're the man for the job. And I would always say, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yes, I'm good at people managing and being uh, neutral in, in a lot of events and whatnot in situations, but I just wasn't sure if I could if I could do it because it's we're all learning as we go. This is something brand new to us. Like, yes, I've been a supporter my, my entire life, but running, being the face of a of the supporter group of the United States at the moment, it, it was big shoes and. Sat down with Cassie, and I told her, I was like, this is going to take over most of our life. Um, what do you think? And she's just like, you're the man for the job. She's like, yeah, my full That's support. Awesome. Let's do it. So um, I sat back, and I spoke to other group leaders, and I literally asked for feedback. I was like, why do you think I'm the person? For the job? I, I was like, convince me. And they all did one hell of a job, and we had the elections, and I got it, and I don't regret it. I'm actually happy, and thank you, everybody who spoke to me and said, you're the man for the job because it's an honor. It's a huge honor. It's a lot of work. I do way more for the 3052 than I do for my own job. And um, we don't get paid for it. I'm not asking for money. I would never get paid for it. 
because we need to be independent. We need to run it as legit as possible uh, because with any club, once the, once the FO has a say in what you do, it's game over because you can't run yourself. Right. You, we have the liberty to say no. As D3052, we do not stand for that. Once you're an employee of the club, you have to listen to your boss. So, no, it's a huge honor. I love it. It's been a blast. Um, a lot of sleepless nights, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but it's all worth it. Looking out and seeing what we've all achieved, it's just amazing. All the directors, they're the ones doing all the work. We're, we're all working together. It's the group leaders that are missing family time, Friday nights. So we have, we're still having our meetings, even in the off-season. Sure. It's, it's a never-ending job. It's a very fulfilling job. And I hate saying the word job, but... And, and sometimes it feels like it, but it, it's it's a huge honor. I love it. Uh, I just can't wait to see what next year brings us. What blows my mind, and not a lot of people know this, what blows my mind is the fact that you do what you do for this club, and you don't live locally. You don't live in L.A. You don't live near Philamonster Studios. You are coming all the way from Orange County. Quite honestly, I think we need to put in a call to Tom Penn. And Larry Berg, and mention the fact that as president of the 3252, this man needs a helicopter ride as far as a commute is concerned. Right? At, le- at least the Peter Copter, if not anything else, for sure. I mean, you commu- how many miles like per day do you drive? I don't factor any of that in because it's when I drive, if it's, if it's the kids and I with Cassie, yeah. we will read to them. We, we pick out stories. Right now we're reading the whole Harry Potter series. Oh, nice. So we'll read a book it. and then we'll watch a movie. So that's how we bond. So if, we're the, if the kids are in the car, they're going either to the bank with me or we're going to L.A. for some sort of function. Right. That's what we do with the kids. If it's just Cassie and I, we don't listen to anything. That's us talking. It's us connecting because we're so busy. Sure. Her being a school teacher and then being a fitness instructor and uh, being a, a mom on top of that um, and being a drummer. We, we do have time together, but it's always with other people. So on our drives, outside of our date nights, that's sure. the only time we get together. We literally drive and we converse. It's just one-on-one, husband and wife, right. and it's, it's our time. We can talk about anything, but no radio, no phones. It's, it's our time. And if I'm by myself, it's all podcasts. <laughs> so would I go on the helicopter? No, because I lose out on my friends talking, sharing their passion, sharing their voices, that's taking their awesome. time. Kudos to you guys getting wasted at the bank. <laughs> sobering up, coming to the studio after a game. I don't know about sobering up. So, well, one of us does. Well, enough to get here and recording the night of. Like, I forget what game we were hanging out in the field, and you guys were like, oh, we're going to go record. I was like, it's one in the morning. You're like, oh, we'll get it done. And I'm, I was like, hey, hats off. You guys get it done right away. Thank that, you. That's awesome. When yeah. you could take the night off and come back the next morning or the next night. But no, you guys make it happen. Well, honestly, we see – the amount of hard work that, that you and every all the directors and everybody in 3252 put in. And in our own small way, you know, we want to contribute what we can to the conversation, to the culture, to anything that we can do. And if, if it's coming back at one in the morning and talking about LAFC, whether we won, whether we lost, whether we're happy, whether we're sad, you know, we, we, we like people when they say, you know what, hey, I woke up at 6 a.m. and I have this two-hour drive to work. And it was just cool to have that to be able to fulfill part of my drive. Like, honestly, we sit there and we look at what you all do, not just for the 90 minutes of the match and everything that 32 Jews, but to keep something going every single day during the week, whether, you know, we know you're prepping a TIFO or you've got these appearances or you've got charity work that you're doing. 
it's really inspiring to see everything that the 3252 does throughout the entire because it's it's there's no off season for the 3252. No. There's no off season for what you do. We're busier in the off season than the regular season. Jeez. Regular yeah. season, it's mapped out. We fill in the blanks. Yeah. Off season, we have, it's a guessing game. It's like, okay, we're going to plan ahead. Once the schedule gets released, all right, sit down. What are we going to do with X, Y, and Z? Um, and we, we sit back and we think, okay, season one, we did great. <coughs> season two, we did even better. Season three, full throttle. It's, it, it, it just, the day we let up is the day a lot of people let up. If we are the driving force of the club, we, we can't put our foot on the brake and like take a breather. We literally nonstop every day. Because as soon as the train stops, things that people are going to fall off. And make sure, by the way, you stick around till the end of at least our formal interview part here with Jimmy, because he is going to talk to us about some future charity events, some new merch that's coming out, and a lot of other things What the 3252 are going to be doing, not just during the offseason, but like he mentioned, for season three of LAFC. So we're definitely going to get to that in a little bit. But we definitely we want to talk to you about what it must have been like prepping for that playoff match against Carson. You guys had an incredible TIFO. Unbelievable. World-renowned. I will point. say that the atmosphere inside the bank was Electric. unlike anything else that we have experienced at Bank of California Stadium. What was it like in the you know week or so leading up to that game, prepping, game day, everything else? What was that like in what was easily the biggest game in franchise history? Excuse me. What was easily the biggest game in club history? I would say bigger than club history. It so many eyes were on that match worldwide. I I got so many messages from everywhere going, "Wow, that that is football," because both teams brought it, both teams played, both teams wanted it. Um, on a supporter front, okay, I'll start as a group leader front. Just speaking on behalf of the Black Army, sure. Don't look forward to the week leading up to the match. Anytime we play the Galaxy, it's it's a headache. Just dealing with so much and making sure our members don't engage in any of this, all this, these internet battles. Sure. The, to me, they're pointless. They're going to get nowhere. Um, and you add fuel to the fire. Um, with, in regards to the 3052, it's so much planning, so much work. Um Ask any group leader or director, do they sleep the, the night of or the night before? Probably not. The week leading up to it, hour here and there, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of planning, um, a lot of wrangling. and But it's amazing because the payoff, win or lose, it's always an amazing match. It's always a good time because it, it's, like you say, it, it's electric. <coughs> and the passion that comes out of us, it's just, it just – it's. You can't. You don't think, oh, the third is going to get uh, louder. We do. It was unreal. Something from within just sparks, and we just we go berserk. Unreal. I mean, honestly, look, everyone knows we talk about it on the podcast all the time. What the thirty-two fifty-two does for the ninety minutes, and then an hour plus before, and in that case, thirty, forty, fifty minutes after, is one of the most unreal things to experience. But the start of that match, you set the tone. The thirty-two fifty-two. And it just, it felt different in our chests when we were there. It was as if there were 22,000 members of the 3252 that day. And I'm not saying the other sections weren't cheering, but it was unbelievable. Let's talk about the TIFO 
Where did the idea come from? What was the execution like for that? What does it take? Because we have seen, obviously, some incredible TIFOs, the Freddie Mercury TIFO, a lot of the great ones with 3252. Absolutely. But this one, the Indiana Jones TIFO, talk to us about all of what went into that. That one with TIFOs, we we give each group, anybody could really submit an idea. Just email it to us, and then we we take everything into consideration. Everything comes to a vote. Um, I am not the gatekeeper of anything. Everything goes through the council. Mm-hmm. I what I do is I'll talk to the media. I have appearances on behalf of the thirty two, but we bring everything to the council. Yeah, I'll have meetings with sponsors and everything because that's part of my 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 duties. But when it comes to big projects like this, it comes down to the council, and that was um, it was there was quite a few ideas that were floating around, and that was one of the last minute submissions. Hmm. As soon as they came in, <laughs> literally. And our, our group chat with a group of news, we're like, the, the, the fire emojis are coming out. <laughs> that one was submitted by, by the Expos. And nice. they, they have amazing artists in their group. And a lot of, a lot of the past TFOs are coming in from um, the Guervos. Okay. And then this one came out of left field. And we're just like, it was a no-brainer. Because we were going a different route. And when that one came out, we're just like, that's it. it it's, <laughs> that's it. And we, we loved it. And the execution with it, just group effort, all hands on deck. All right, we're going to trace this day, come trace. We're going to paint this day, come paint. And we call upon our trusted members that, because we don't want any pictures or anything leaked. And Absolutely. Whatnot. Sure. So um, we, we do have a set process on how we do, on who we invite to come paint. Um, if people, or not people in general, like if 32 members that aren't in an SG want to get more involved, reach out. We're here. We're here to answer all the questions. Um Make your face known. Once we know your face and we trust you, we let you in on painting because it, it, painting a TIFO is something sacred. It's a badge sure. of honor. Sure. When you see that TIFO go up and you look back at the footage, you're just like, I had my hand on that. Right. I, I helped create that masterpiece. That's awesome. It, it's, it's surreal. Just like with anything you do. So when the season starts, you guys have your plans and your configurations in place and you know what you're going to do. And then you mentioned you got the last minute submission for the TIFO design. And that was a phenomenal thing. But once our boys beat the galaxy, we had a very quick turnaround against the Seattle Sounders. How did you prepare the 3252 for the next TIFO and for the next battle that came forward in the conference finals? It was already in our minds. Okay. We're if, when things come, because in our in our minds we were gonna go to the final, right? And we were just like, okay, we're gonna see the schedule is out. So like, okay, we're gonna have to figure out these nights and let's see who we're playing. What are we gonna do? And then with that TFO, it was just like, no, this is our time. We're gonna do something represents LA. And um, submissions were made, and we're just like, all right, cool. This is Los Angeles. Just go with it. Let's go with the LA. Um, we stayed up. We traced it, painted it, and. Not going to release locations or anything. Right, right, right. But no, we had a strong team come about. Um, kudos to Ray. <laughs> we constructed a wall to trace. Hmm. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of the SG leaders got the right members there. We literally built a wall. That's Not, awesome. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. So yeah, we we, we constructed a wall. That's we so cool. traced it. We painted it the next night, um, and we tested it. We're like, okay. Let's fly it. Let's make it happen. And the result was there. It's simple to the point. And with the smoke behind it, it looked awesome. awesome. Looked great. Yeah. That see-through effect with all the smoke coming up behind it. It was, again, 
and we were all sitting there like, oh my god, they got this done in two, three, and four we were days. We're blown like, away. We know that it cool. takes a long time to create a TIFO. When we walked in and saw the support cables and everything up, I was like, oh my god, they're doing another TIFO. Yeah, like, we, we didn't even expect it. No, quite honestly, that was awesome. That was really, really cool. Going forward, obviously, the season didn't end the way we wanted it to. We we were prepared to host one more game at the bank. Going forward in the 2020 season, talking about how you want to keep the 32 evolving, moving forward, what are some of the things that the LAFC fans can expect next year with the 3252? Uh, the drummers are definitely, they practice. They have, the, they have their system in, in place. They are going to get tighter, and it, it's just amazing what they do, how they organize, and how tight. They're, they're like their own little family within the 32. They look out for each other. Yeah. And they, they, they're they tight. They, they work really well. They're a well-oiled machine, and they're true musicians because they do have their practices, and they do get together for their meetings and be like, hey, this isn't working. Let's do this. They're open-minded enough to work together, which is amazing when it comes to musicians because we've all dealt with artists. Oh, yeah. And artists can be very difficult. <laughs> but um, no, they, they Walter, kudos to Walter. He's their drum director, and he's – He's doing a great job. He, he's on him. And if any issues arise, he knows who to go to. He knows how to handle it. Nice. It's not a shouting match. It's more of a, all right, we're here for the team. We're here for each other. Let's protect each other. In regards to the 3252, uh, we do what we do. Right. All we can do is get better. Right. Um, we're working on new songs. Okay. We always, we're always working on songs. And so, yeah, I, I'm just honestly very excited. Um, the biggest thing we should push before is the Champions League. We got to push the Champions League big time because people don't see... I, I, I don't know if the average LAC fans knows how important this is. Yeah. This is huge. It's potentially the first international LAC match. And I will, let's say we get allocated 2,000 tickets. Let's get 3,000. Yeah. Like, like we did in Portland. Oh, you can bring 300 supporters. Ha, we're bringing 1,000. <laughs> so if we can get everybody out there, like say Costa Rica, Jamaica is what I'm pushing for. Oh. Mexico, like, just imagine it. A sea of black and gold. No matter what the result is, if we show the world our culture, they're going to be like, okay, MLS is here. Right. Because LASC, we're, we're dry. We're, we're literally, people always talk about smack on LASC. Like, oh, you're the, you're the golden boy of the, uh, of the MLS. It's like, no, we've earned our keep. We're there. We're, we're moving it. We're, we're, we are where we are because of all the hard work that the fans are putting in. Support they're putting in for an office, the team, all around. And one thing I want to follow up on that you just said real quick, and then I know, Philly, you want to ask something right after, but you just said something that really struck me. You didn't say, we bring the culture and then LAFC has arrived. You said MLS is here. What is it like understanding that your stewardship consists so much more of just LA, more than just LAFC? It's, it's Major League Soccer culture as well every time the 3252 travel somewhere the way that they do. We come from so many different backgrounds that we have learned a lot from a lot of members. And it's, it's a melting pot of culture. And it's a badge of honor for some of our members to be like, hey, we're playing in my, my home country. And for us, like I'm, I was born, born and raised in the States. To me, it's here. And I have this badge of honor. It's like I love bringing this culture. And we, we brought it to life. Now to spread it. And we know that we are the – all eyes are on LAFC right now and the 3052 because we're, we're one and the same. We want the same thing. And what we want is to grow the football culture in the United States. 
no no disrespect to any of the supporter groups or teams that sure. but they're the old guard. We are the new face of the MLS because we have sleek colors, we have an all-star ownership, we have amazing supporters. So all through and through our culture is what the rest of the world has. But since MLS is still fairly new, it's only what twenty five seasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, since ninety six, people keep down the road, <laughs> keeps reminding us. Uh, outside clubs are looking at us, being like, "Okay, they're getting it." It's like, "No, we've gotten it." Now it's just a matter of spreading it, and it's spreading. So our 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 purpose is to show the world that we are the world's team because MLS is here, and we are trying to push it as much as we can. Atlanta's doing a great job. So the better our teams get, the better our support gets, yeah. the better the league gets. Yeah. And we're pushing the league to be more open-minded and see how the rest of the world is doing it. And just like with the the chant that, that's yep. been going around, yep. we stomped it out. We're just yep. like, no. And other teams have asked us, how do you do it? And it's like, earn the respect of your supporters, your fans, and then teach them the culture in the States because we are in the United States. Granted, okay, I get it. In other countries, it's acceptable. Right. But here, it's not. Right. So it's it's exciting to show the world what where LAC is, where the MLS is, and where it's going. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and it's a fantastic thing. Super excited <laughs> about the development of the league. It really has grown exponentially in the past several decades. Now, going forward, we've, we're going to be part of the CONCACAF Champions League. Now, there's a lot of fans that are part of LAFC that didn't necessarily pay attention to Major League Soccer. Now, we're about to be faced with the CONCACAF Champions League. And one thing I want to mention is some of our supporters, when they were down in Houston, they dealt with a lot of BS. And I'm not going to mention it, but what is some of the advice that you could give to some of the supporters and some of the people heading out of town to what, let's just say, like we have an out-of-town game in Mexico or Costa Rica or El Salvador, Guatemala, whatever the draw is going to be. Is there any advice you could give our supporters going foreign in terms of the CONCACAF Champions League? Safety in numbers. Respect the other communities and cultures. We're in their country where rules are different. It's not the United States. Um, do some research on how things go down there. Don't go in a hot-headed and drunk and try and pick a fight because this is a different country. Right. Things are different. It's different rules. Um, respect each other. Respect is the biggest thing. If you go in respectful, you shouldn't have an issue. I can't guarantee anything, but I'm just saying, if you come out and you're like, hey, we're here for the culture together, you will be amazed on how many amazing conversations you can have with somebody who is a supporter from another country. Even in the MLS, like... I'm not gonna lie. People are always like, "Oh, you have friends that are Galaxy fans." Of course, I do. Yeah, I was like, because they're human beings. We respect each other enough to like different teams. Yeah, come together and talk smack on each other, but through and through, we're still friends. Yeah, I think Portland was such a great experience for that too. Portland has such an inviting, accepting football culture there until the game kicks off. Yeah, then they want to rip your head off. And then right Likewise. after the game, they invite you back to the pub or to the bar or to whatever it is to, to that's celebrate. That's what football to com- is all about. Absolutely. And it's something that's been so great for us to experience on the few away days that we have so far. 
And you minus know, the have, trip to Carson, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> right. But we're definitely looking forward to some fun international play this year. It'll be our first, like you said, international competitive game. We've had several great matches against Vissel Kobe, against Borussia Dortmund, but this one, this one counts, and it's going to be a lot of fun seeing where we get to go and where we get to travel for. Just Champions. imagine a sea of black, singing our songs. Yep. No matter what the outcome, we were there. Yeah. And you have to be there if you're listening to this. And you're on the fence about going to matter, no matter where it is, just go. If you have the means, just go. Yeah. You won't regret it. Just like the first game in Seattle. Oh. I, I know the one person I know who's kicking himself in the butt that didn't go is Sam <laughs> uh-huh. from the Tigers, yeah. SCFC pod. Yeah. He didn't go. Oh. And to this day, he's he regrets it. Right. And this is one of those matches where you know you have to be there because it's it's historical. And we're, we're yeah. in, going into season three. And it our chances are getting slim on where these historical matches are going to be yeah. because we're not the new guy anymore yeah. and we're, we're going through it. Now it's going to be like, oh, okay, cool. We're doing this again. This is one, this is one of the last things where you're just like, besides say like an MLS final or whatnot, it's huge. I highly advise you consider going, but do your research on wherever you're going. I mean, yeah, you heard it from the man himself. If you, have somehow tuned in about midway through. This is Jimmy Lopez, president of the 3252. And he is telling you guys, if you can make it happen, do it. We are going to, whatever, it. wherever it is we play, it is going to be a black and gold site, whether it's Jamaica, Costa Rica, Mexico, wherever it might be. Good Lord, do it. I can't wait, Philly. You and I, we're making it happen. Oh, without a doubt. Now, Jimmy, I have a very, very important question to ask you right now. Probably the most important question that we're about to ask you right Uh-oh. now. When and where is the honeymoon for you and Cassie? <laughs> right here, right now. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Jimmy Lopez, <laughs> the, the the big cheese of the 3252, is spending his honeymoon here at Philomonster Studios with Philly and the Scarf and Schmitty McMitten. Cassie is going to hate us. <laughs> That's how cheap I am. Just kidding. <laughs> no, we, uh, she's a school teacher, so right. she can't take off. So we're waiting for the summertime. Um, the I, first idea was Italy. Her brother did Italy, and I was okay. like, "Let's do our own thing." She's a t- she has Italian heritage. Okay, her family is still out there, and they're like, "Hey, come visit us." And I'm oh. like, "Is it a honeymoon or is it a family vacation?" She <laughs> right. was just like, "Good point." Right. But I was like, "Oh, but I would love to ride Vespas around Italy." I'm I, I'm huge into Vespas. Oh, that's awesome. I had a Vespa. It's gone. I want a new Vespa. My my dream. People were like, "Oh, what's your what's your idea? What's your dream car?" Not a dream car. A 70s era Vespa with a sidecar. I would love just to drive around town with my best friends. Oh, I just, wish any of you here could see Jimmy's face, by the way, as he talks about this Vespa. There is love in Jimmy's face I mean, right I now. I can kind of imagine Jimmy That's... at the wheel of the Vespa with like Albert or KC and like a little <laughs> sidecar. Oh, That's the thing. Like It would be... I would do my own version of the Jerry Seinfeld, like uh, right. riding cars of comedians. It'd be right. me and the Vespa. Probably won't be a good sound, but hey, whatever. It'll be my dog one day, one of my kids, Cassie, one of you guys. I just want to drive around town, <laughs> That's awesome. have amazing conversations with people. Just because Vespas are awesome, they're they're underrated. People are like, oh, Harley's this and that. No, Vespas are sleek. They're cool. <laughs> you could just you could dress up in them. Look at the old mod culture, right? Uh, right. I, I just love it. That's awesome. So, so where did you eventually decide? We are researching. Okay. So the big thing is right now we want to do the Incan Trail. We want to oh, go nice. do the Machu Picchu. Oh, it's a. I just came back. I took so I run a service travel abroad program with my middle school, 
and we took about 15 kids to Peru. I saw the photo week. with you at the scarf. Let me tell you, it is unreal seeing Machu Picchu, but also trekking up there with 15 kids. It's And honestly, the only time it rained while we were in Peru, the whole time, it was beautiful, except for the two-hour hike up to Machu Picchu. That's when awesome. it poured buckets, and it, it almost, I mean, it, it enhanced the experience so oh, big much. big time. I have to, if that's what you're considering done, you have to do it. Do the, do the hike up the Incan trail. It's Peru, Machu Picchu, Cusco, that whole, some of the most beautiful scenery you'll ever see in your life. I, I wholeheartedly support that idea. Cassie is going to be a very happy woman. Oh yeah. We, we, we've, we're doing a lot of research of that. I've been uh, fascinated with the Peruvian culture for a while now. No First it was my introduction to Peruvian food. Yep. Cause I grew up eating Mexican food okay. and fast food. So my, my, my palate was not really sophisticated. <laughs> right. And then um, my friend's dad, I grew up without a father. My friend's dad took me under his wing, and I used to work for him. And one day he took me to a Peruvian place, and I was like, can I get some tortillas? Lady was like, oh, we don't do tortillas. I was like, wait, where are we? And I was eating, and then I just fell in love with the different flavors, the different spices. And it that was my first introduction to a different culture. Because I grew up in Anaheim, but I grew up in a in, – not necessarily in a bubble – it was more – everybody around me had was around the same thing. Uh, I grew up in a – was the only, we were the only family that spoke Spanish. Okay. So it was very like we ate at home or we ate out. And so when I – my introduction to Peruvian food, I was just like, wow, this is cool. So I started learning more about the culture, and I was like, this is really, really cool. And then Machu Picchu. I'm a huge history buff. Same and here. Machu Picchu, I was like, that is amazing. So then I, I pitched it to Cassie because a few of my customers were like, hey – we just did uh, South America. We did Peru, but they're older, so they were gone for like a month. So they did a lot of South America. Love to have that but kind of time. Their favorite part was Peru. So I told Cassie, I was like, "What do you think of this?" She was like, oh, "I don't even know what Machu Picchu is." I was like, "Wait, whoa, whoa, whoa! Oh, do you not know? Goodness!" So then they lent me their book of their hikes, and then they did oh. the Galapagos and everything. And then, oh yeah, oh man. So I, I showed her, and she was just like, "Okay." So no Italy, and I was like, Cassie, my. When I vacation, I want to be mixed in with the locals. Yeah, I'll go 100%. to I'll go to like a tourist attraction here and there. Like I get that. That's cool for the photo. But I want to mix with the locals. I want to learn the culture. I want to eat what I can out of the food since I don't eat meat. So, and you'd be surprised on how many things can be swapped over. Oh, in in Peru, honestly, like you will eat like a king not having to worry about meat or seafood or any of that stuff. Real quick, sorry, breaking news. USL Championship. Congratulations to Real Monarch 3-1 no! over Louisville City. I know that's going to uh, bum out our Mark guy Mark Anthony Poor Louisville. Um, they they should, by the way, maybe be the next MLS team, but I know they're they're looking at Charlotte Las instead Vegas. of Louisville. Politics. I it's know. all politics. Uh, but uh, congratulations to uh, Real Monarch, the AAA Real team. Monarchs? Right. Not Real. I think that is silly. Yeah. Mormons don't call real Real. I'm sorry. They don't. 3-1 Real over... Real. <laughs> Real. 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 Breaking, breaking news here. Breaking news. Bank. All right, USL. Oh, we got it. All right, let's move right along. Let's talk about the expansion draft. Again, you have Philly, the Scarf, and the president of the 3252, Jimmy Lopez. As you may be aware, the expansion draft this season will take place on Tuesday... November the 19th at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. If you are on the East Coast, that means 5 p.m. And thank you for listening if you're listening to us on the East Coast. Indeed. 
If you want to tune in, you could do so by going to MLSsoccer.com. By the way, one of the dumbest no- domain names, period. Major League Soccer, Soccer.com. From the Department of Redundancy Department. Yeah, the, the Department of Redundancy. That's like some straight-up Harry Potter stuff right there. <laughs> but if you don't want to go to MLSsoccerSoccer.com, you could go into your smart device and go to the MLS app. Now, the expansion draft is only, only, ladies and gentlemen, for the new kids on the block. Last year, that only meant FC Cincinnati. This year, we have two new clubs. Not this year, because it's still 2019. 2020, they know we'll have two new clubs coming into Major League Soccer. Yes. That is Nashville, phenomenal city. And Inter-Miami, phenomenal city, eh, on the name. But... In terms of that, both cities are going to be amazing away days for all of us, quite honestly. If you've never been in Asheville, it is phenomenal. It really is the bachelor and bachelorette party of the United States. So many (laughs) bachelor and bachelorette parties. I've been there a half a dozen times in Nashville. I love it. Miami, if you haven't been to Miami and you don't know what Miami's all about, you need to go. Miami's a lot of fun. An awful lot of fun. But we've got two teams. Five rounds. And only one player can get picked if either club chooses any one of our players. Seriously, listen again, because we've gotten a lot of comments right, right, on right. our Instagram. If any one of these two clubs chooses an LAFC player, that is it. Yep. Only one player from our roster that is made unprotected can leave. And that is it. Yeah, so Philly, Jimmy, let's talk about the 12 players that we decided to protect most, not really a surprise. There were a couple that we'll talk about on the unprotected list where we thought maybe they might be protected. But let's start with the three most obvious names on the protected list, our front line of Carlos Vela, Diego Rossi, and Brian Rodriguez. Now, the cool (laughs) part about this list is that designated players are not automatically protected. You have to protect, should you want to, your DPs. Now, Nemanja Nikolic from the Chicago Fire, by the way, he's out there So is Laton. So is Bastian. So is Tim Howard, by the way. Yeah, my favorite part, you're looking at the list. you got Chad Marshall. You've got Michael Parkhurst. you got Zlatan. You've got Basti. You've got Nick Ramondo. You've got Tim Howard. All these guys that have already said. Why even bother putting them on the freaking list? I think because their contracts aren't up until the end of 2019. So stupid. Yeah, it's just a formality kind of a deal. Yeah, but it's so stupid. But those three, I think we all can agree, guys. No surprise there on having to protect the three best players on your team in terms of their offensive firepower. They also chose to protect a fourth forward in Adama Diamande, which that, that was a big deal. So those are four of our 12. Let's talk about the midfield, Philly. We had only three midfielders protected on our list and maybe one name that a lot of people wanted to see on there but wasn't. But let's talk about the three midfielders that we protected. Uh, Edward Atuesta. Yeah. Mark Anthony Kay. Yeah. Latif Blessing. Yeah. Is there really going to be an argument? No argument. Made? It makes no sense. Argument. It yeah. makes perfect sense. 100% Latif Blessing, phenomenal emergence this season. <laughs> Edward Atuesta, phenomenal emergence this season. Mark Anthony K. These guys are arguably all on the list for the for Major League Soccer's most improved players. Yeah. How are you going to argue against that midfield? Not at all. I don't think anybody has anything to argue about that. But I do want to ask about one name since we're talking about midfielders real quick that's not on that list. And I'm looking at Hotly debated topic. your Indiana 
Hoosier covered who, who, golf who, club Hoosiers? on one side of the room. To you the mean right not of Assembly me. Hall? Yeah, to the right of me is Assembly Mecca, Hall. Mecca, as far as college basketball is concerned? Yes. So a player who... So. Oh, I, I went to school there. Philly I will say that so. no matter what. It it's doesn't matter. It's tattooed on my wrist. But the... Julian, call in. <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> the... Uh, the emergence of Lee Wynn during several different situations last year for us, coming in for injuries, coming in for stability. There was a couple of games where Mark Anthony Kay didn't have quite his best foot forward, so we brought in Lee Wynn. But Lee Wynn, not on the protected list. Jimmy, what do you think about Lee Wynn not being protected? He, he came in clutch when he, when he needed him. Um, my honest opinion, I think they looked at his age. Yeah, 100%. That, I think that's the reason why they were just like, okay, they, they went with youth. And that's just what I think. Yeah. Nothing against the guy at all. Yeah. He's still phenomenal in his age. Not, I shouldn't even say at his age. He's still a great player. Sure. Uh, he comes in clutch. But, damn, they, they looked at, they're looking at longevity. Yeah. No, I have to agree with that. He commands the midfield. He plays with a cool, calm, collective demeanor. And in this expansion draft, these clubs aren't going to look to bring in unproven talent. They're going to want veteran leadership that has shown decisiveness that has shown that cool, calm, collective demeanor. And quite honestly, it, it, it kills me that Lee Wynn is on this list, but he is one of probably the number one guy on our list that might get poached. Yeah. Why? Because he's proven himself yeah. in this league. Regardless of his age, regardless of how long his teeth are, the guy can still play. And quite honestly, he is a very valuable candidate for either Nashville or Miami to come through and take. Yeah. Again, they're not looking to bring in these young, unproven, talented players. They need veteran leadership. We haven't heard of them signing any designated players. And until they do so, they need to sign veterans that could command the roster. Lee Wynn is probably one of our most valuable players that is on the unprotected list that could prove to be valuable on either Nashville or Miami's roster. Yeah, you know, Philly, he actually reminds me a lot of Benny Failhaber in the way where Benny came on to our midfield during our first season and really provided a lot of veteran leadership. But let's talk about the back line, the defense for LAFC, two that were certainly not a surprise, Walker Zimmerman and Eddie Segura. One that I was so happy to see on the protected list, who I feel earned his way into maybe a starting role next year, and that's Tristan Blackman. And then the fourth name on the list, and I think Jimmy touched on it earlier as to why he is on the protected list, and a couple names that we're about to mention are not. The biggest conversation I think that can be had about the protected list was choosing to protect Diego Palacios over Mohamed El Munir, both relatively young guys, both guys who played pretty well for us in the short glimpses that we saw, but we chose to protect the 20-year-old Diego Palacios as our fourth man, and Philly is losing his mind because he wants to talk about this right now. Do you really think we wouldn't protect somebody who was on Barcelona's list? Look, yes, it might have been Barcelona B, but Barcelona B still carries a massive amount of weight in the grand scheme of things. We fought hard to get Palacios. There is no doubt in my mind that we shouldn't protect this guy. A lot of you will argue, well, why didn't he feature? <coughs> if you 
are asking that, clearly you haven't followed Bob Bradley's coaching style. He's not going to bring in new players that haven't adapted to his system right off the bat. Diego Palacios is our defensive back line of the future. There is no doubt in my mind why they wouldn't protect him. There are a couple other players within the back line that were protected, and you're going to argue against me possibly on this. But Walker Zimmerman was one of those candidates. The guy made the best 11 in terms of Major League Soccer. Okay, you're going to argue about times where he lapsed. Eddie Segura, I've seen it on social media. Plenty of y'all argued that he wasn't to be seen in that match against the Seattle Sounders. Uh. But are you really going to take one game versus an entire season's worth of statistics? These players are extremely integral to the success of of our squad. Now, let's talk about some statistics here. Last season, we had so many leads going into the final minutes of the game, in particular that 80th minute hex, where we gave up goals, where we either lost or tied the games. For all of you naysayers out there, this season, we only let in 37 goals this season. 37 goals. There is no other club this season that has let in far fewer than 37 goals. Tyler Miller, talk about him all you want in whatever facet you want. He started 28 games. He faced 103 shots. He saved 72. He let in 28 goals versus the 37 that came in. He had an 18-2-8 record with a goal against average of one. Last season, granted he played more. He started 33 games out of the 34. He faced 169 shots, and he saved 114. He led in 50 goals. His goals against average was 1.52. His record last season was 16, 8, and 9. His shutouts were 10 versus this season's 9. Do you really think Tyler Miller improved that drastically? Yes, he did. But it was the back line that really made the difference. And as far as that back line is concerned, Eddie Segura was a major component of that. The emergence of Tristan Blackman was a major component. The improvement of Walker Zimmerman was a major component. Beta played well. Harvey played well. But the proof is on the fact that those players that we mentioned, we said who's on the protected list. Actually, we have it, but we'll get into that. The players that are not on the protected list, we're going to get into that. But our back line improved drastically. And it's not because of Tyler Miller's effort. It is because of the emergence of Eddie Segura and Walker Zimmerman. Scarf, what do you have to say? Yeah, so before we talk about the 12th man on the unprotected list, I would just like to read a couple of names on last year. You mentioned FC Cincinnati. On last year's unprotected list. Good man. Jordan Harvey. Steven Betashore. Dayon Jakovic, Danilo Silva, Josh Perez. Those guys were on last year's unprotected list. And where did they end up? And where did they wind up? They wound up back on the black and gold roster despite being dangled out there. They are professional athletes. They know that that kind of comes with the territory. We can only protect 12 guys, and you've got 28 to 30 on your total roster overall. Things are going to happen. It was a bad day, though, Philly, for the Name That Perez segment. When I go through the list, I see Josh Perez. I see Adrian Perez. I see Javi Perez. 
I saw the ghost of Alejandro Guido on there, and we know that his mother's maiden name, I believe, is Perez, because it's Perez Guido, which we didn't know until we saw his locker. There were actually three and a half. Three quarters of the way into the season, by the way. Three and a half Perez's, by the way, which is pretty (laughs) awesome. And all of them on the unprotected list. But the debate heard around the internet, Pablo Cisniega versus Tyler Miller, and the club chose to protect Pablo Cisniega. And that got everybody on the internet... All abuzz with, okay, it looks like the club has finally chosen Pablo over Tyler, whatever it might be. If you look at most, if not all, of the team's protected lists in Major League Soccer, there's only one goalie protected. Now, in the case of a team like Portland, where they left Jeff Atanella out there, who has playoff experience and has a lot of great things going for him, it's kind of the same thing. Nick Ramondo wasn't protected. Nick Ramondo was not protected. Neither, <laughs> neither was, was Tim Howard. Neither was Tim Howard, correct, but they're both retiring. But, you know, it kind of got people feeling all the feels. And I've got a little bit to say real quick about Tyler Miller and something that I was able to experience today of all days. We're here on November 17th. Tyler, through his beach soccer charity event that he did auctioned off the ability for one kid to get one-on-one goalie practice with him during some point in the off season. And that day was today. And luckily enough, I work for the city of Los Angeles and there's a, a, a very well-used soccer field at the bottom of the park that I work at. So Tyler and that kid went today to that park and I got to sit there and watch the whole thing and just make sure, you know, no one came onto the field and all of that. But really, I just got to sit there and watch and listen to Tyler talk goalieing and soccering and everything that needs to be done to put yourself in position to maybe one day be on that pitch at Bank of California Stadium. And this kid, he's part of the LAFC Academy team, actually, that Tyler was was coaching today. And I, as a podcaster, I was so jealous because... This kid and Tyler are having all these great conversations and the kid doesn't know any better. He just goes ahead and asks like, wow, what is it like right now going through this whole thing? Like, oh my God, as a podcaster, that's exactly what I would have wanted to ask him being out there on the field. But this 14-year-old kid and Tyler just having this conversation and, you know, first of all, he was helping this kid learn how to dive to his left, learn how to dive to his right. And the kid got up in a certain way. He goes, oh, that's how you get up. That's just like the way Pablo does it. And it's like these guys were, were best friends. And he said to this kid, he goes, you know, Sometimes in soccer, you just have to understand it's a competitive business. It's it's you versus them. But even though they're your teammates, like you have to understand it's competitive. And he said, we still get along. We're still good friends. Tyler was such an amazing mentor to this kid, despite all of these different speculations swirling around the roster and his spot and what's going to happen next year. You know, it, it really, I respected Tyler Miller an awful lot. And, and I will say this, look, I tend to put my opinions out there with my name right next to him. I have always been on Team Tyler. I respect Pablo quite a bit. But if you're asking me, look, I'll take Tyler as our starting goalie. I know plenty of you out there that listen to our podcast are, are fully on Team Pablo, and that's fine. I just like to put my opinions out there, so why not? I'm on Team Tyler. But to hear Tyler take all of this kind of what has to be a really frustrating situation for him right now, not just in stride, but to get out in front of it with this 14-year-old kid, I thought was such a meaningful thing for me to be able to see and witness. I just have all the respect in the world for Tyler Miller. Without a doubt. And quite honestly, we don't want to see any of our players go. We've, we've all grown some type of emotional attachment to our club. We really have. Regardless of who the player is, there is some emotional attachment 
tied in to whether it's Tyler Miller, Stephen Betashore, Carlos Vela. We're a club within our infancy. And of course, we're going to pick our sides and we're going to choose our battles. But one thing, and I'm going to credit you, Jimmy Lopez, with saying this. Players come and go. But as supporters, we are perpetual. And that's really the argument and the, the name of the game as far as our club is concerned. We're going to have legends. And we're going to have people that, you know, they're here for a cup of coffee. But we're going to be perpetual. And quite honestly, <coughs> we're going to support the club one way or another. Tyler played well. Pablo played well. And we came so darn close to winning the cup. But obviously changes are going to have to be made because, Jimmy, what is the definition of insanity? <laughs> Philly. <laughs> Ooh, I like his answer. Philly. I like his answer better. Philly is kind of insane. Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. In order to accomplish that, we, we need to make some changes. And whether that those changes occur on the back line or whether those changes occur on goal, something needs to be made different in order for our club to progress to the next level. We're always going to support the black and gold, regardless of whether they're going to compete for the Major League Soccer Cup or whether they're not. If they're in first or in last, we're still going to cheer. But Lord knows, we do need to make some changes going forward in order to get up the hill. And quite honestly, Scarf, people have been complaining. People have been making their opinions prevalent on social media. And again, just to reiterate, we only... Chance losing one player. Only one player as far as this expansion draft is concerned. It could be Tyler. It could be Lee. It could be Muhammad. It could be Jordan. It could be Steven. But it can only be one of them. Because the minute one of them gets chosen, that is it. The expansion draft as far as the poaching of our club is concerned is over. And that's one thing that we want to reiterate on this podcast. There are rules as far as the expansion draft are concerned. Again, only one player from LAFC can get chosen by either Miami or Nashville. Only one. Real quick before we kick it back to Jimmy to talk about some more goings on in the 3252 and, and a few things that we want to address before we end up the pod. Quick question for both of you. My choice, if any player is going to be selected, looking at all the rumors and everything out there, I feel that the player with the best chance of getting picked is Mohamed El Munir. Just curious about your thoughts. If we are to lose a player, knowing that our unprotected list is who it is, we also didn't mention, by the way, Peter Lee Vassell, Lamar Batista, our, one of our favorite people that we've ever had on the pod, Philip Edgemato. Lots, lots of young names out there on the pod. Jimmy, if you had to look at that unprotected list, if you're trying to start a team, who would you select from LAFC off that list? It all depends on what direction the team wants to go. Because we don't know the side deals that they have going on. Right. They could have a veteran already in their pocket that is waiting to release. Right. Uh, the release the name. So, I don't know. I, I think uh, Vassal would be one that they're looking at. Because, it, like I said, it's it's a young man's game. Totally. Depending on your player or young woman's. Uh, but MLS, that's a young man's game. Yep. Um, you're looking forward. You're looking for longevity. And he has some experience. And he has coaching under Bob. So, and John. Yeah, John, they have so much experience between them, so I don't know. It depends on what the team is looking for. We have great names on that list. Yeah, sucks to see any of them go if anybody gets selected. Absolutely. Um, but no, like it's a sport, and I think they each each player is ready 
to go or stay. Sure. Because they, they've they've been through this before. They know it's a business. Um, Absolutely. Lee would be one that I can see a team picking because of his experience and his skill. Yeah. Uh, Beta. Beta's the man. Beta and Harvey, to me, those guys. Oh, yeah. They're a package deal. You got to take them both. <laughs> uh, yeah. it, it's like when you, when, you, when you see, when you go rescue puppies. And you're like, I can't just take one. I love because it. They're so. I love those it. Those two are so in sync. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it, it's it's you can't break up the band. Yeah. No, but no, don't take anybody. No, the right. That's that's the right answer, Philly. Looking at that roster, if you had to guess which of our players might get chosen, what do you think? You got two clubs within their infancy. Two clubs that have never been a part of Major League Soccer. Now you could go for the unproven talent. And take a gamble. But quite honestly, in my opinion, the most valuable asset as far as our roster is concerned is Stephen Betashore. And I'll tell you why. Because in 2017, he was part of Toronto FC, one of the only clubs in Major League Soccer that managed to win the treble. Sort of. That is, yes, yeah, sort of. <laughs> that is the Canadian Cup. Yeah, fine. There's three teams. A 33.33% chance of winning that. Fine. We'll, we'll negate that right off the bat. Toronto FC, not only did they win the Canadian Cup, they won the MLS Cup, and they won the Shield. Stephen Betashore has proven veteran leadership, and for a new club within their infancy, they're going to find that a very valuable asset because there aren't that many players in the league that have that kind of experience. And I really feel that Stephen Betashore is the most valuable player as far as that list is concerned. Lee Wynn as well. But Lee Wynn does not have the hardware behind his name that Stephen Betashore does. Jordan Harvey does not have the hardware behind him that Stephen Betashore does. Tyler Miller definitely does not have the hardware that Stephen Betashore has. He won MLS Cup. But he doesn't have the treble. And Stephen Betashore's leadership is valuable for a club within its infancy, such as Miami, such as Nashville is concerned. That is my choice. That being said, please don't take Stephen Betashore because I agree wholeheartedly with Jimmy. They're a package deal, man. You can't break up the band. And it kind of reminds me of Jake and Elwood Blues from the Blues Brothers. They're on a mission from God. You can't take those guys off of LAFC. Jimmy, we were talking in our kind of prep work for, and I use air quotes when I say prep work for this episode. And you had air mentioned quotes. there are some pretty cool things happening within the 3252 next year. And one of the things that I got excited about because what it could potentially mean is is growing my personal collection is some possible new merch and maybe even a, a website coming for 3252. We are finally in the works of launching our web, going online so you can buy our merchandise online and it'll get shipped to you. So which is a lot more convenient for a lot of the members can't, that can't make a tailgate, um, and or don't want to wait in that long line. Sure. So yeah, everything's in it. We're we're gonna go online. We're gonna launch fairly really soon. Just keep an eye on our social media, um, emo blast and everything. Things will be posted. Um, yeah, we have quite a few new items coming out. Uh, like I mentioned, we did win the Shield this year. We did win the Shield. The Shield is very important. So KC is here in the other room with us, and every time I saw the Shield, I saw it was KC having to take it and, and bring it around wherever it went it's when heavy. it was on Christmas Tree Lane. That They picked a good guy. He is a big, strong guy, and it is about 20 pounds for that Shield. It is a beautiful thing. And the the, the way it's designed and everything, it's it's – Kudos to Captain America, man. Right. <laughs> those, those shields are they're not right, right. So you know we we have a lot of stuff going on with the shield. Like we we have a, a scarf. Oh, 
That's all I needed to hear. All we right, got we're one done. of those let, two undefeated. Let, let me show bag. you what the scarf is. Don't say anything oh, about it. Oh my goodness. I will not say a thing. Everybody but... get awed by it. Oh my god. Oh, oh boy. All right. So listen up, everybody. Cha-ching. Right now, put your thirty dollars away, whatever it's gonna be, start saving your pennies. No, this one is not for members. This one's a solo limited run. Oh uh, my goodness. Specifically for the shield scarf. Oh my goodness! Because as rules of the ISC, we have to go by these rules. And, okay. Uh, percentage of it goes to charity. Okay. Of the sales of, of any merchandise with the shield on it. Yep. Yep. And so anything with the shield on it has to be presented to charity that we get to choose. A percentage to the ISC. Okay. And a percentage goes to the thirteen fifty two. That's so, it's beautiful, everybody. And then we have the uh, supporters shield shirt. Oh. That's beautiful too. Oh my goodness. We are so, not at liberty to disclose what we are seeing right here, but oh, it's so beautiful. You guys p- start putting your money away right now. They're, they're going to make incredible gifts for your loved ones and family and friends, and it'll show how much you love and support this team. Now on the flip side of that though, Jimmy, you were mentioning something about the other vendors out there on Christmas Tree Lane and the bootleg merchandise, and you had definitely wanted to talk about that. Uh, yes, we can't stress enough. The only reason these bootleggers are out there making stuff, making money off of our culture is because as consumers, we're purchasing these things. We as in everybody. Um, if we keep buying and keep producing and it's affecting our culture. If like the shield, it's a registered trademark. That, right. that goes to a bigger thing. Right. If things keep coming about, the ISC can take the shield away from us. Granted, we want it. But we got to go buy it by these rules. Sure. Like not any Joe Schmo can make a shield pin. And sell it. I mean, if they do, it's going to affect LAFC because we're not going to have the shield for the rest of the year. Same with the 3252. And our point is to share the shield with everybody. Sure. So we are going to come up with events for everybody to hold the shield, take a picture of the shield, just embark in the glory that we all have had. Yeah. But there's certain rules we have to abide by. And in regards to merch, like when you make something without the 3252's permission, you're affecting us. You're affecting our culture because that money goes into TIFOs. It goes into the drums. It goes into anything that has to do with the 1352. Not a single member of the council or leadership, <laughs> the directors or just anybody in the 1352 does not make a dime off of this. This all goes into production for our future projects and everything. So we definitely want to push. Do not... Please don't go buy stuff stuff off of bootleggers because it, it, it's it's hurting our culture. And in regards to LAC merch, that's their department. Sure. All we can do is ask for you to, to respect the thirty fifty two. If more st- a lot of trust me, a lot of stuff is coming out. Monty has been working hard, and there's a lot of really cool merch coming out. I'm excited for it. I'm really excited for it. Um, I wish I could show you more pictures, but <laughs> I want you to be as surprised as everybody else is. Oh, we is. can't wait. And, we. and trust us, what we saw already, that's more than enough to get, get us excited through I the offseason. I, I can't wait. It's going to be... <laughs> Once this website launches, there's going to be more than five items listed, trust me. We're, we're kids merch. Oh, nice. More female merch. Yeah. And obviously male merch. Yeah. But it's not your typical shirt, jersey. Or no, I'm saying not jersey. Not your typical shirt hoodie type of deal. Okay. Like we're, we're, we're reaching out. More things are coming. Quick question for you on this. Will they have to provide like some sort of member number or something to show that they are part of the 3252 to be able to purchase something 
on that website? As of right now, anybody can purchase because you okay. are donating. Got it. These funds are, do- are pretty much are you're per- you're getting this item. Got it. It's this all this the money is going straight to the thirty fifty two. Got it. So it's a way for people to help us. Got it. It helps everybody. It goes all around. You had mentioned, and speaking of ways for people to help the 3052, and you, I think you had talked about it earlier in our podcast, but anybody can volunteer to help out the 3252 at different events and everything, correct? Definitely. Every supporter group always hosts an event. Okay. There's always something going on. Um, you're always invited. If, if you see a supporter group post, hey, we're going to be here, feel free to go to that group, that group for that event. And the way we have, how we're doing it with uh, charity work now is Christian from the Cuervos is our community service director. And let's say right now in on, let me see the date, December 14th. Okay. We're still working on location. The Black Army is hosting a sandwich drive. We do this every year. We we make our record, I believe, last year we made over 2,000. Wow. And we hand deliver them to Skid Row. Oh, that's fantastic. We get a group of us, we go out, we make sack lunches. And we just hand them out. We get a water bottle and a sandwich and whatever we put in there. It's like, here you go, free meals. Um, so as a 3052, what we're doing, if a supporter group presents an event to the council, we go, hey, the Black Army, the Cuervos, D9, Lucky's, uh, Expos, uh, the crew, Empire Boys. If they want to take the lead on this event, they present it to us. And as a 3052, we collaborate together. You guys execute or you you guys plan we help you execute got it since it's community so yeah. and there's events popping up throughout southern california since this we're, we're spreading so we're, we're working on a sandwich drive on the 12th or the 14th i'm sorry okay so more details are coming with that so the black army is putting that on and the 3052 is endorsing and as a whole we're all going to work on it together sure um val kudos val from the Cuervo. she's been doing this for a while um she is helping organize it's uh, the day before Thanksgiving, it's we're looking for volunteers. It's, I believe it's called like Feet of Vet. Okay. So in regards to that, um, so yes, yeah, day before Thanksgiving, uh, reach out to to the Cuervos, their Instagram. Val will get back to you. Val or Christian will, re- will give you all the information with that. Okay. And or I'm sure they'll be posting on social media. Um, it, it's if you can't get a sitter, you can bring your kid as long as they're with you at all times. Okay. It's you're helping them feed somebody on Thanksgiving That's or the incredible. day before Thanksgiving. So yeah, more info coming with that. Hit reach out to the Quedables. It doesn't have to be a huge effort. If you can come for an hour or two, by all means. Yeah, and make sure by the way you're all following not just Defenders of the Bank, at Defenders of the Bank on Instagram and Facebook and at Defend the Bank on Twitter, but at LAFC three two five two on all of your different social media platforms to be able to stay up to date on all of the great charity events and all the other great events that they've got going on not just throughout the soccer season, but throughout the entire off-season as well. Like Jimmy has said several times, there is no off-season for the 3252. They are constantly a presence, not just at Bank of California Stadium, but in our community and in charity work and in everything that they do. Please make sure you're following at LAFC3252. One of the other things that we want to mention, we saw all this great footage and pictures and everything on social media just a day or two ago of a fantastic barbecue that we would have loved to have been invited to. We like food. But our friends over at FCFC Podcast were celebrating their one-year anniversary. Congratulations to our friends over at FCFC Podcast. Great podcast, by the way. Go ahead and listen to that. If you're a fan of Defenders of the Bank, 
Go listen to FCFC. They really are the podcast to bring the culture out, as does Shoulder to Shoulder. If you're not listening to the LAFC pod fam, go ahead and continue to do so. It's not just us. It's not just Shoulder to Shoulder. It's not just Heart of LAFC. It's not just FCFC. It's all of us. We're all in this together. There is no competitiveness. There is no rivalry. If you love the club, you'll obviously figure out which one is more appealing to you. But listen to everybody within the pod fan. Clearly, ahead, I know so. everybody loves it when I bring up the Patriots. So that'll have defenders. All right. Tank. You know what? You're going to shoot the F to up the right top now. of the list. Nobody and likes Philly, the Philly, and you are wearing a uh, cool against shirt. So therefore. There's no favoritism. Right. And I know I know why you weren't invited to the pod, because that pod was a celebration for those that were on the pod. So everybody that was there was a guest. Well, yeah. And I think what we're actually saying is we're upset. We haven't been invited to be on FCFC pod yet. We love those guys. I don't think you have a you're you don't have a potty mouth. That's that's true. Wait a minute. Oh, we can definitely have a potty mouth on on our Lord knows we get sauced enough to have on our podcast. We definitely keep it PG. I know that a lot of my students listen. And I know that a lot of uh, we've had we, we talked about this story before. We had a ten year old girl come up and tell us that she loved our podcast. So for us, to me, to Philly, that means that we've got to stay clean at all times. However, we, we would have no problem going on FCFC podcast and and keeping it as clean as they normally do when they're on their own podcast. I want to swear like a sailor. Something else I didn't. If and when <laughs> you do need a DD. Okay, <laughs> done. All right. They they know how to party. Philly is pointing at Jimmy right now. Hey, it? hey, I'll do it. I love it. I love it. They they like when we were there, oh man, they were mixing double Chico and Hennessy and they were having a blast. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Maybe we get an issue a challenge which podcast can survive the longest. Excuse me. Don't why are you writing checks that I'm gonna have to help cash? Because I'm gonna have to help cash them as well. well this probably won't make that part might not make the pod. I don't no, want to talk I'm about. not trying to like right. say things that I want to edit. I'm saying things that I don't want to edit. I hate you. Anyways, <laughs> Jimmy, you also mentioned another really cool anniversary, and, and I didn't even realize they went back this far, but talk to us about another pretty big milestone in the LAFC supporters group community. Yeah, D9, they're celebrating the 12-year anniversary. 12 Jeez. years. I'm almost 100% certain it's 12 years. If I'm wrong, hey, whatever, you guys are over 10 years. <laughs> and every, every SG is growing. Every SG has an anniversary coming up. Yep. I don't know all the years. Yeah. Uh, 2020 BA's 10 year anniversary. Congratulations. Um, yeah, a lot. Of, just the growth within the groups is amazing. And it makes me proud to see where we've come from, um, to coffee house meetings, to meetings at the stadium now, because we're, we're so big and we're growing. Yeah. And everybody's working together just like with anything. <laughs> um, we don't agree on everything, but we make it happen and we make it work. So I am beyond proud to be the president of the Dirty City 2. I am beyond proud to sit and stand and be around everybody. I love it. In response to that, I have one last question before I turn it back over to Philly. You said you're proud to be president. We, I believe, it's a, it's a one-year. Two-year term. Oh, it is a two-year term. So you term. have me for another year. Okay. Well, hey, all right. There we go. I was about to ask because I know... That the first one was was Joseph's a one year. Joseph was technically he was two year because it was the year before. Got it. All the the prep work and the bylaws and Got whatnot. It. So he felt he had his two years in. Got it. That's when he was just like, and you get to a point where you're just like, I miss my family. Sure. I miss my personal time. <laughs> and, just got married. And that Absolutely. that's that's where Joseph was at. Got uh, it. Me, uh, Cassie's right there with me. She does just as much as me. She's so supportive. Uh, Cassie Absolutely. and Mauricio, big props to you. Thank you for everything you do. Um, they both keep me in line because 
I attend everything I can. Yeah. And they are the ones that were like, no, you have this this day. No, you have this this day. And as in we, because they're always with me. Sure. Uh, Cassie's in the other room. And um, Mauricio, whenever Cassie's not there, Mauricio's there and vice versa. So I'm married to two people. (laughs) I'm sure Philly feels that way sometimes too. (laughs) So, well, awesome. So we don't have to worry about anything for the next year. Jimmy will be with us for two years as LAFC president. And that's really a good thing. An unbelievable thing. Yeah, so we don't have to worry about anything. We've got two years with Jimmy as president of the 3252. And I almost said LAFC president. And that would maybe that would ruffle the feathers or delight the ears of Tom Penn. And Tom Penn, we know you're a big fan. We know you listen. Oh, we absolutely know you listen. Shout out to the Penn family. They, both of them, Melissa Penn, Tom Penn, amazing people they're in it just as much as we are yeah the co- every conversation i have with uh tom penn's wife i i i don't feel comfortable saying melissa penn sure. i know she always says oh call me melissa but no like out of center respect right like i want to call her mama penn <laughs> and, then, uh, and her and tom are just so down to earth so real they're in the nitty-gritty yeah it, it's amazing you don't get that from most of these teams sure like out there in any league really I'm sure there's there are some ownerships that are out there that are like that are in it just as much, but it's beautiful. And you know who was a big support that's behind the scenes? Rich Orozco's mom. Oh, really? She's always messaging me inspirational <laughs> quotes, um, kudos on certain events and things like. She's a big push behind the scenes. I know where Rich gets it from. Shout out to his mother and Melissa Penn's another one. Always get messages from her that just praise what we're doing that's awesome and just heartfelt advice which makes it a beautiful thing and it makes it amazing because i am a big believer in empowering women because i was raised by my mom and my sister yeah so and with that i want to to everybody bring awareness to the bring nwsl to, to los angeles absolutely Hell yeah you guys have heard center mid chicks talk about that several times already we can't wait have an NWSL team. Also, by the way, you mentioned Rich and his family. Shout out to his brother. Lots of great things happening down there in the San Diego soccer community. That'll be an interesting situation. That's going to be a lot of fun. Our our buddy Jerry, of course, of Heart of LAFC, he is also now working as the game day social media coordinator for the San Diego Soccers. That's pretty neat. So shout out to all the great things happening. Let's hope it works out. It is San Diego. Right. San Diego is not known for being loyal. Yeah. To their sporting franchises. Right. It's funny because that's their new that's name. That's their new name, right? The San Diego Exactly. Royals. That's why I laughed when I saw that. And I'm like, hey, <laughs> prove me wrong, please. Right? Because I would love away days in San Diego. 100%. We, we talked about that town. several times. Yeah. It's such, such a great Our best spot. friend lives down there. When Cassie and I get away, we go to La Jolla. La Jolla yeah. is fun. Yeah. Great food. Great kayaking. It's a good time. Yeah. So no, San no. Diego, step it up. Right? Let's do, do it. it. Do it. Now... We've had a fantastic episode. It's actually run a lot longer than normal Defenders of the Bank episodes run. But you know what? We don't care. It's the off-season. Lord knows you want LAFC content. And if you want LAFC content, you're going to listen to Defenders of the Bank. And There's no doubt you're going to want to listen to Defenders of the Bank. There's no doubt you're going to want to listen to the words of the president of the 3252, Jimmy Lopez. And before we sign off on this episode, all right, a couple of dates that we need to make you listeners aware of. November the 19th at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the 2019 MLS expansion draft will commence. We've already talked about that. We don't need to bore you anymore in regards to that. Keep that date in mind. On November the 21st, that's another date you guys need to be aware of, guys and gals for that matter. Club deadline to exercise options is another date. 
That is important. November the 25th at 12 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. End of year waivers are going to be announced. Again, our roster is going to start taking shape shortly after this. Also on November the 25th, free agency opens. Another thing that's going to impact our roster. One day later, a mere 24 hours after the dates we had just mentioned, the 2019 MLS re-entry process, Stage 1, will begin, and we are going to talk about that on Defenders of the Bank as we get closer to that date. We mentioned Stage 1 of the MLS re-entry process. December 3rd is another date that you need to be aware of because Stage 2 of the MLS re-entry process will commence. And the most important date that you, Jimmy, Scarf, Schmitty, Panda, Nina, Cassie, everybody needs to be aware of is the fact that the CONCACAF Champions League draw will happen at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Subtract 3 for Pacific Standard Time. If you still need to ask me that question, Lord knows you're not good at math. That's 10 a.m. We will know who the team that we draw will be. We are going to be on the road. We're going to be at home. The CONCACAF Champions League draw, December 9th, very crucial and integral moment in our club's history, will commence once again on December the 9th. Scarf, what do yes. you have to say? I've got to say a really fun announcement for fans of Defenders of the Bank is that we'll be able to talk about all of those dates that you just mentioned, Philly, with a name that a lot of our listeners know because he's got his own podcast with Max Bredos. We are going to have Vince LaRosa on our podcast after the expansion draft on the 19th, maybe the day before, maybe the day after or not too far after the expansion draft to talk about all of the different roster changes and moves that both have been made after the expansion draft and can be made moving forward in the offseason. Vince knows we completely respect him on this podcast. He writes incredible articles. He's now a big part of the pre and post game experience at the LAFC games. So look, it's it's going to be a blockbuster month for us. We've got Jimmy here, the president of the 3252. We'll have Vince on on our next podcast talking about all the different ramifications of our roster. One last thing we want to mention, December 5th, the one-year anniversary of Defenders of the Bank. We are excited because we are going to be announcing something real fun in the next couple of days to help celebrate our one-year anniversary. And yes, it will most likely involve the appearance of the Julius Peppers. So that'll be a lot of fun for everybody as well. Again, and, and we know everyone's going to want to hopefully come out and celebrate with us. So look on our social media again at Defenders of the Bank on Instagram and Facebook and at Defend the Bank on Twitter. We're talking a little longer than we normally do. And like we're going to acknowledge that. It's a bit more of a freer conversation. Again, we have the president of the 3252, Jimmy Lopez, here with us in Phil Monster Studios. But there's a couple more things that we want to make you listeners aware of. On November the 20th, Really, right around the corner this week, Major League Soccer Commissioner Don Garber will be joined by Liga MX Executive President Enrique Bonilla for a special announcement at Bank of California Stadium on November the 20th at 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. I don't know if they're going to be talking about the All-Star Game next season. Yeah, maybe I spoiled the surprise for you, but tune in to that. But in addition to that announcement, 
we're going to get the All-Star Game, ladies and gentlemen, next season. But, look, we don't talk about other teams or other leagues on this podcast. But I wanted to give a quick mention, a shout-out, to the passing of Jorge Vergara, the owner of Chivas Guadalajara and, of course, the one-time owner of Chivas USA. He died this past Friday at the age of 64 of a heart attack in New York City. Thoughts and prayers go out to the Vergara family and, of course, the supporters of Chivas. We just wanted to have a brief moment of silence to acknowledge his passing. Thank you. Look, we don't do this often, but what I love about football is the community aspect of it. We have a lot of supporters of the black and gold that support Chivas. And out of love and respect for that group and the beautiful game and the listeners out there, we had to mention it on our podcast. Jorge Vergara was a massive component in the global game, a massive component in regards to Chivas Guadalajara, and of course, a massive component in regards to Chivas USA. Rest in peace. Our hearts and prayers go out to you and your family. And again, this has been an incredible episode sitting here with Jimmy Lopez, president of the 3022. Jimmy, before we sign off, is there anything else you want to talk to our listeners about? Anything they should know about you? Any any fun plans? Do you have a middle name? Any of that fun stuff? I legally changed your name to Jimmy Riddle Lopez. Love it. Out of respect for Cassie's family, I took, since I don't have a middle name, I right. took her last name as my middle name. So now I am a JRL also. That's right. We have the same initials. We can exchange monogram towels later. That's right. <laughs> Black and gold ones. Right, black and gold. And none, none of the Seattle colors. You can keep those in your closet. No, 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 no. I, I heard you still have a jersey. I No, no, no. Oh. It's all gone. Everything is gone from the Seattle uh, Your better half told me you still have it. I do not. Ask her. Everything she told gone. me on the way in. She's like, mention it. He still has it. I oh saw it. Oh, God. That's so not true. No. She said I you kissed it after the match. <laughs> see, now I'm, see, now I'm being so No, I'm totally here. kidding. This is not okay. I'm, no, my, my buddy Nathan Garner, I know he listens to the pod. He's a big fan. Thank you for listening. I know that he is is proudly wearing the jersey that I gave him once I started my LAFC fandom about three years ago. My closet was purged of everything that was rave green. It, it was definitely frustrating end to the year. And no, I wasn't happy that my former team won the MLS Cup because they're not my current team and I'm not going anywhere anytime soon with LAFC. That being said... You guys know how we like to end all of our podcasts. Thank you guys for an incredible episode. It has been so much fun sitting here in beautiful Philomonster Studios, hanging out with Jimmy Lopez, president of the 3252. And you know what we say. Bye. Bye.